Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Hey guys, are you at the bottom of your league? Ashamed of your small D FS account? Does your top picks what would make the girls go, nah, bro? Then listen to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Matt Stryker and Mike the Rotocop and turn your war into a roar. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome. It's that time again. Time for the Fantasy Baseball Hour with me, Matt Stryker. Joining me, as always, is Mike, the Rotocop. And Fantasy Baseball Hour is quickly becoming the destination for fantasy information. And a lot of the people are chalking that up to my man, Mike, the Rotocop. Mike, what's up? What's going on? Uh, awesome show on Friday with Robbie Rowland. We did the Riding with Robbie Rowe segment. I had a great time doing that. And if you guys could go out there and uh, comment, like, rate, whatever you got to do on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Audio Boom, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you could hear the podcast, if you could just rate it. I don't even care how many stars you give it as long as you rate it. And uh, you can also find it at Fantasy Radio and at Fantasy BB Hour on Twitter. So a couple of people hit me up over the weekend, and I don't know what kind of plays you did in DFS, but a lot of the things that you and I talked about on Friday's show uh, came to fruition. Uh, some things didn't, but uh, the people that hit me up were pretty happy. All of them were in the money. I had a pretty good weekend uh, this weekend, and it was nice because I was able to uh, pay for Mother's Day dinner like a baller. I literally, so the waiter was walking by and I did this cool thing where I slipped him my credit card as he was walking past. He winked at me. I winked at him. And then afterwards when the bill was all paid, I said, all right, everyone, we can go. And they said, Matt, Matt, what'd you do? You didn't have to do that. Oh, that was so nice of you. Oh, so nice of you. So, so it made me feel like a G. So I'm thankful to my DFSing to uh, pay for Mother's Day dinner. Classic w, former WWE wrestling move right there, I would say. There it is. Classic. All right. And speaking of classic, the way you stay on top of your leagues, the way you stay on top of your DFS is knowing what's going on and acting on it before everyone else in your league. So a few things in this segment we have called things we need to know. All right, first and foremost, a lot of the baseball world clamoring about the Houston Astros calling up Corbin Martin, giving him his first start. Uh, Mike, I want to know what you saw, if you think he'll stay up. Is he worth a pickup? Uh, Obviously, just real quick, uh, Martin went five and a third innings, uh, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, nine K, 19 called strikes. He touched 97 miles an hour. This is nothing new. This is an Astros organization that – I mean, guys, he has three pitches. He can elevate these pitches. He has a high velo. Uh, your thoughts on Corbin Martin? Does he stay up? Do you pick him up? Yeah, I think he looked great. He, uh, he's surprisingly only 31% owned in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues right now. I thought that number would be a little higher. I know most people don't really know about him yet, but he did have his first start yesterday against a pretty decent Texas lineup. 
only 23 years old. His mom, sister, fiance, and grandmother were all in attendance yesterday. So I'm sure it was a special day for Corbin and a special day for his family. You hit the nail on the head with the 10 swinging strikes. He had 19 called strikes, and the max velo on his fast was 97.7. His next start is May 18th at Boston. So that's going to be a little uh, trickier for him facing that Boston lineup with uh, Mookie and JD. But I would roll him out there. I've seen some people on Twitter talking about this and arguing whether to roll him out there or not. I think you go for it, and Corbin Martin could be a, a main cog in your uh, fantasy championship, in your construction of your roster this year to lead you to a fantasy championship. That's a good choice of words there, construction of your roster. So he'll be a cog in a wheel that will roll you to victory. A couple of questions for you. One, are you concerned that he only went five and a third? Do you think the Astros have a quick hook on Corbin Martin? And does that affect you if you choose to start him? Well, anytime you call up a 23-year-old kid from the minors, there's going to be a close eye on him, a watch on his pitch count. I don't know. It's kind of the same thing with Chris Paddock where how much is he really going to help you in the championship rounds of your fantasy right. leagues if you're in a head-to-head league down the road? Because they're going to be monitoring, monitoring his innings. So something similar will probably happen with Martin. Maybe they'll uh, skip a start or two throughout the year. But if he pitches well, he's going to stick in that rotation. And it's not surprising that another Houston Astro prospect pitcher turns out to, mm-hmm. turns out to be something special here if he does. Yeah, and this also whets my appetite for a guy I've been waiting for, which is Forrest Whitley. And I guess once that happens, we will have an episode entitled Waiting for Whitley. But until then, it's all about Corbin Martin. And this move corresponds to Colin McHugh going to the bullpen. I will say that I I was on Colin McHugh early in the year, and I was disappointed I didn't have any shares of him in any of my leagues. I'm in seven leagues. But maybe McHugh going to the bullpen will prompt some people in leagues to drop McHugh. If you see McHugh on your waiver wire, do you grab him? Do you think he can help ratios? Do you think he's back in the starting rotation at any point? It doesn't doesn't look like it. He's trending in the wrong direction. He pitched an inning in two-thirds yesterday in that same game as Martin, and he gave up a couple of runs. Uh, His last start was against Kansas City. He went three innings, gave up a bunch of runs in that start, too. I was high on McHugh before the season started as well. But it seems like he might uh, might be suited better as a reliever, considering what he did last year, as opposed to being a starter. Yeah, Mike, don't get high. Drugs are bad. You're an officer of the law. You're better than that, and it's not your fault. And we can talk about that off the air, okay? All right, that's a topic for another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> All right, um, staying in Houston, George Springer is absolutely mashing, as my buddy Mike says. He's doing it at the top of an Astros lineup. Um, what I like to do when I see a guy getting hot is I like to see who can benefit from that. I don't think there are any leagues where you're going to grab up a Bregman or a Brantley, but uh, you can look at the bottom of the Astros order and look at guys like Aldemus Diaz, a former St. Louis Cardinal, maybe even Tony Kemp at the bottom of the lineup that turns over. Uh, Mike, are you eyeing any of these guys based on Springer's rakeability? Well, obviously, once uh, somebody starts hitting the lineup, it could it could definitely be infectious. You saw that with uh, Alex Bregman yesterday. I think he had two homers, and Springer, obviously, he went five for five yesterday with two homers. Uh, just to touch on Springer for a second, he's almost reached that Bellinger Yelich tor- territory this season. He's 321, 15 homers, 37 RBIs, four stolen bases. In the last seven days, wow. he's, he's 14 for his last 27 with five home runs. 99th percentile on hard hit percentage, 96th percentile on ex-woba, 94th percentile in ex-slug. So a guy like Springer, his back could be infectious in the lineup, like I said. And those guys that you mentioned at the bottom of the lineup, the Almedes Diaz of the world, 
really, really benefit from this because once somebody starts hitting, everybody's, it seems like everybody starts hitting. Another guy is Robinson Torinos, who's actually been one of the better catchers off the board this season. He's, he's hitting very well right now. Yuli Gurriel's in the hottest streak of his season so far. He started off slow, but he's on fire. Josh Reddick's had some sort of a career resurgence this year. So it seems like everyone in the lineup is feeding off Springer, and it's good things for the Astros, good things ahead. Nice, a nice little nugget there about Chironis. Uh, Chironis, 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 Chronos is a <laughs> alien. Um, yeah, a lot of people are, are really looking for, for catcher uh, options here. I've, I've been talking to people about Garver, talking to people about Sanchez and stuff. So maybe Robbie is a guy that uh, if you're sneaky sexy, you can go out and grab him on your wire. Uh, staying in that division, and this is a conversation, and I like to think that you and I are time travelers. Because I go back and I listen to earlier episodes when this show was called the Strike Zone Pod. We were talking about the Mariners. And we were talking about how they were just gangbusters. And you were asking me, oh, don't you love Beckham? Oh, don't you love this? The Mariners are now sliding quickly. Um, My question to you, are you selling any of your Mariners shares because of it? Are you picking up any Mariners that people are sleeping on? Uh, I, for one, have Mitch Hanniger. I'm keeping him. I'm on the fence about Domingo Santana. I know he was hot. Now he's cold. And Tim Beckham, I didn't think was real in the beginning. I, and I'm glad I didn't do anything with him. The final thing is I'm glad I kept Malik Smith because he will come back up to the majors and he's a great source of speed. Your thoughts on the Mariners slide, Michael? Yeah, so as far as the, this Mariners slide goes, they started 13-2. and two, Now they're 20-22, and 22, lost 11 of their last 13. Felix landed on the IL after a rough two-star week. The bullpen looks super shaky. Can't trust Swarzak, and they pitch Elias all over the place, so who knows if he's actually the closer or not. You said Mitch Hanniger. He's four for his last 28, hitting 229 on the year. Tim Beckham, six for his last 38. Daniel Vogelbach's four for his last 35. The team is 24th in ERA. As far as picking anyone up on the Mariners, I think the only guy that I would even entertain at this point would be J.P. Crawford. He might have some stolen base potential now that he's in the big leagues if he gets full playing time. Uh, Omar Nevarez has been hitting pretty decent, especially mm-hmm. for a catcher. But other than that, Edwin Canacion is doing what he's doing with a low average. Domingo Santana's kind of stalemated, and his, uh, his stats have kind of gone stagnant. Jay Bruce obviously can't hit. And Ryan Healy, <laughs> Ryan Healy here or there, but I don't think there's any value in pretty much anybody on the Mariners at this point. And it really, really upsets me how bad Mitch Hanniger is doing because I had a lot of uh, big plans for yeah. him this year. I drafted him in a couple of leagues. Like you said on Malik Smith being back, this guy was the 103rd player taken off the board in NFBC this year. People invested a lot into him as a speed source. In the last seven games in AAA since he's been sent down, he's hitting 406. He's seven for seven in stolen bases and currently owned in only 35% of Yahoo League. So I would definitely go grab Malik Smith if you're in need of speed to, uh, in any type of league that you play, any type of format. It's just crazy how much people invested into speed before the season. Malik Smith went 103rd overall on average. D. Gordon, 104. Billy Hamilton, 159. Cedric Mullins went 283. He's in the minors. Greg Allen, 304. So when you're dealing with speed, it's very tricky on draft day to, to determine how that speed's going to play out. So just be careful with that in your future drafts. And even in your pickups, in your future pickups, be careful with speed. 
Yeah, and it also speaks to what trends are. I mean, obviously, at the start of this baseball season with the drafts, everyone was talking about where to find speed, and everyone was talking about how thin the catcher pool is. And now here we are, uh, what are we, second week of May, and guys like Malik Smith may be on your waiver wire, and there have been some catching, um, you know, discoveries, like we talked about a Mitch Garver or maybe a James McCann or, or even a Chironis, things like that. So I just – Two things. One, I don't panic until about Memorial Day. Would you say that's a good barometer on the calendar for owners to look at their teams and start to really, really start to do some house cleaning? Do you think like maybe May 18th, May 25th is kind of the week where you start to, uh, to really analyze your teams? Yeah, I'd say around there. I don't like to put a, a specific number on it because the situations are usually so fluid. But I would say back in the May is when you really got to start making moves if guys aren't panning out the way that you planned for them in the beginning of the season. Well, you said back end. You said May. That makes me think of the Minnesota Twins, and it makes me look at a guy that everyone was all over who didn't get any playing time, who now might benefit from a potential injury. The players I'm talking about are Marwin Gonzalez, the player that may benefit, and the potential injury may be Nelson Cruz. Uh, what have you heard, and what are you doing as far as this situation goes? Yeah, this is just something I, I told you off air I wanted to touch on in case anyone didn't know Nelson Cruz hurt his wrist. And it seems like he's going to go on the aisle. That's what all the, the directions point to from everything I read. Uh, you mentioned Marlon Gonzalez. His surface stats aren't really too good at 231, three homers, 11 RBIs. But he's on fire in the last week and 368 over, his last, uh, over the last seven days, one homer, three RBIs. He is in the 90th percentile on hard hit, the 81st percentile on exit velo. So Marlon Gonzalez is definitely turning the corner here. And Miguel Sano just started a, a rehab stint, I think, two days ago down in uh, wherever they're rehab, wherever he's rehabbing. But he might be up soon, and he could definitely produce some home runs for a team that is lacking if you, uh, if you need home runs in any rotisserie leagues or whatever it is. All right. So now we move to a particular subject where this was born. Mike and I were eating pizza next to Madison Square Garden, and we were talking about a player that was doing well. And I said, I just want to pinch him. And you looked at me and went, what do you mean you want to pinch him? And I said, I want to find out if he's for real. And that leads us to the name of this segment. It is called, Is He For Real? All right, here's where Mike and I break down several players that are playing over their head, and we question if they're for real. If they're for real, they are worth you going out and grabbing. If they are not, leave them and let someone else grab them, and whomever they drop might be someone of benefit to you. Uh, I think our biggest claim to fame was when we broke Hunter Dozier. Before anyone did, we were breaking him down and talking about him, and uh, we really hit the nail on the head there. So now let's take a look at some guys that are playing over their head right now. Let's start with Hunter Pence. He's 37 years old, Mike. He makes me look young. Um, <laughs> he, he can hit. He's a professional hitter. He has protection in his lineup. Uh, for me, I think I take a flyer on him, and then the minute that he's, he's not attractive to me anymore, I drop him. That's my take on Hunter Pence. What about you? Yeah, I think it's crazy that we're talking about Hunter Pence in the year 2019, but baseball's a crazy sport, and you can't really predict what happens. So, like you said, he's getting every day at bats. He's hitting 316, seven homers, 25 RBIs. I, in my TGFBI league yesterday, I actually put in a fab bid for him for $41 and lost. He went for $59. I wish I would have spent the, that 18 extra dollars. 
but it is what it is. His BABIP and average are both exactly 0.316. So what he's doing isn't, isn't out of the realm of possibility here. He already has more homers than last year and 150 less at-bats. His K percentage is the lowest it's been since 2013. And he had that huge spring training, so this was something that a lot of people saw coming. He's only owned in 36% of Yahoo leagues, but he is in the 95th percentile in exit velo, the 97th percentile in ex-Wolba, and the 95th percentile in ex-slugging. So what I see here, I don't want to say he's not for real. I would lean towards he is for real, but I do expect a little bit of regression, especially on the power side. I think he could hit for a decent average and contribute to to whatever categories you need. Besides that that home run, I don't think his uh, home runs are going to – keep skyrocketing the way they are. Yeah, I like that you use certain metrics to back up and reinforce your claim. You mentioned Babbitt. Last week we broke down, I believe it was Woba. Uh, This week on the the show coming up, Mike and I are going to break down Babbitt, what it means and why it's important to look at. So uh, we both think that Hunter Pence might be worth a flyer if you have a roster spot. Uh, Now we're going into my wheelhouse, something I love, pitching. I want to talk about Jake Odorizzi. Uh, he may have returned to form here. The, the team is, is playing decently, but I think you check matchups. I think he has the Angels next. Uh, is Jake Odorizzi worth a, a stream for you? So uh, in the, my best case scenario for Jake Odorizzi, I don't see his ERA being under a three. Like like it is now, it's at a 2.32. Uh, 3.5 is what I'd say best case scenario, absolute best. And I guess that would make him not for real. But we are talking about Jake Odorizzi, who is the 380th player off the board in NFBC. His velo is up a tick, and he's having success with his fastball. But his fastball is also in the 38th percentile on fastball spin. So that's something to keep an eye on. But other than that, his profile is the same. Less cutters, maybe a little bit more curveballs. 71% owned, which I think is pretty crazy. His, uh, his BABIP is 0.221, which is obviously not sustainable. So as that rises, the ERA will rise. And I think between a 3.5 and a 4, I would see Jake Odorizzi. All right, so do you stream him against the Angels, or are you not touching him because he has chicken pox? Uh, I'll ride him. I'll ride him as far as he can go. As far as, uh, as, far as he can go. But later in the season, I don't think he's going to be right. a, a viable playing option. All right, let's stick with another pitcher here that uh, the number that jumps off the page to me is ZRA, but then I dug a little deeper and I found out that he has given up one run or less in five of his last six outings. He has uh, Milwaukee on Tuesday. The team doesn't really seem to let him go deep, and that's my concern. I'm talking about the holder of the 1.50 ERA is Jared Eikhoff. Uh, Your thoughts? So it seems like Eikhoff's finally found his groove in his pitch repertoire. He's down to four-seam cutter curveball after trying about trying a bunch of pitches over the course of his career. His O-swing worries me. It's at 24%. League average is at 30%, which means he's dangerously living in the zone. His velo is also down, which is something I want to keep an eye on. But his cutter is playing really well. That fastball velo being in the 12th percentile is, is pretty crazy to me that he has a 1.5 ERA and his fastball is... is that velo is that low. I would say not for real, and I expect a couple of bad starts to come against good teams, and that should push his ERA to probably around the four, a little bit higher than a four by the end of the year. So I'm going to go not for real. I think I would take Odorizzi over Eikhoff. I don't know if you if you feel the same way. Well, I, I like the favorable matchup. Odorizzi has the Angels next. Eikhoff has the Brewers next. I would obviously, if I had to touch, I'm touching Odorizzi just because Milwaukee's uh, propensity for home runs scares yeah. me, and a lot of the things that you just mentioned lend themselves to a volatile situation there. Um, here's an interesting pitching option. 
Uh, last, this guy had six innings pitched, one run on four hits versus the aforementioned Angels. His next start is against Cleveland. He's pitching to a 2.33 ERA and a 1.03 whip. My only problem is that he pitches for Baltimore. And uh, I thought that his name was an incomplete sentence. John Means. <laughs> John Means what? John Means business. John Means what? What are your thoughts on John Means? The only bright spot, probably the only bright spot in uh, a year for the Baltimore Orioles that's not going to finish too well. He's only 30% owned in Yahoo leagues, which I found a bit surprising with his success so far. Hard hit percentage is at 24.3%. So guys aren't making hard contact off him. Four pitches, fastball, changeup, slider, curveball, changeup grading out is his best pitch with a 5.3 pitch value and a 155 batting average against. His O swing's right on par with league average. His swing and strike rate's higher than league average at 12.5. And he's faced some formidable competition so far. He's faced Boston twice, the Yankees twice, Oakland. Obviously, he's going to be facing some better teams in the AL East over the course of the year. But I'll say he's for real just because I think he has a chance to have an year rate closer to three or 3.5 than the other two guys that we mentioned earlier. So if I were to rank those three guys in terms of rest of the season, I would go Means, Odorizzi, Eikhoff. Uh, interesting. And I really like when I listen to your breakdowns because you, you drop these little nuggets that I don't know if people pick up on. So you mentioned the hard hit rate and then you mentioned the use of his changeup. And it tells me that he has a real feel for this pitch. And until the league catches up with that pitch, guys are not going to get good contact against this pitcher. I would love for him to be on a better team, a better yeah, defensive team, a better offensive team. But like you said, if the matchups are favorable and he does have a, a nice feel for that pitch, because everyone will tell you changeup is a, is a field pitch, then John Means uh, may be an effective streaming guy down the line. All right, last but not least, a guy who I think was named after my dog, even though he came first, and that's Tommy LaStella. Because my puppy's name is Stella, and she just looked at me, and I love you because I like to bring my dogs into the studio because people let me do all kinds of things. Uh, he's had three multi-home run games this season. Uh, this week alone, he faces a ton of varieties. I think LaStella could be a good short-term play. I think they have Minnesota, and then they have Kansas City. Uh, maybe wait for him to uh, be against Kansas City if you have the opportunity to put him in daily as far as weeklies and things like that. Uh, Tommy LaStella, if you have a, a roster spot, could be interesting. But to me, there are other guys out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's other ways to go besides Tommy LaStella. He is only 18% owned, which is weird for a guy with nine homers and 23 RBIs already. He had um, – 10 career homers and 800 plus at bats coming into this year. And he already has nine and less than a hundred at bats. So if you don't think the ball is juice, just look at Tommy Lestella's numbers <laughs> this year. Um, he's hitting 255 with a 198 BABIP and that's contributed to all the home runs that he's been hitting is why his BABIP so low, but he's getting a decent amount of playing time at the top of the angels lineup. He's only struck out eight times this year, which is another thing I, I really like about his profile but his stack ass numbers don't show anything to think that this is sustainable. He's in the 21st percentile on hard hit, the 35th percentile on exit velo. I'm going to go with he is not for real because the power will eventually be stagnant. But as a contact hitter, he should be able to play. So if you want to plug him in for in a daily for maybe uh, a, a slow day, like a, a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever it is, and you need the roster spot or you need that bats, I'd plug him in. But as far as the power goes, I don't see him hitting more than – another five or six homers the rest of the year. I mean, I could be wrong because nobody thought he would hit nine to this point, but I don't see it. I don't see it sustaining. 
If a guy named Tommy Lestella and a guy named Joey Lucchese came into your bar and locked the door behind them, you know you're in trouble. But beyond that, I'm not really sure. But I can say that because I'm half Italian, so it's all right. Anyway, uh, okay, so in a summation, as the kids say, I'm deep into my teaching terminology, Mike. I just took my educational psychology graduate degree final. Oh, really? 22-page paper on how people learn. Believe me. It's nuts. All right, so <laughs> summation, Hunter Pence, we can take a flyer on him if he's available. You pick him up until he's not good anymore, and then you drop him. Jake Odorizzi, his next matchup against the Angels might be worth taking a look at. Jared Eikhoff, uh, Mike is a little on the fence about. Mike likes John Means over Odorizzi and Eikhoff. And again, look at the matchups and just don't, don't sleep when you make these little fluid pickups. You know, make these pickups, watch the starts, watch the games, and then drop the guys. A lot of times you win your league by working your waiver wire. I like to keep on two of my teams, I have an open slot. It's basically just a revolving door of guys are going to help me in a daily situation. And then, of course, there's Tommy Lestella, who both of us just feel might not be for real, but he could be a good short-term play. All right, so that's as far as your rest of the season stuff goes, but where Mike and I make our money is on daily fantasy baseball. Daily fantasy baseball is the way to go each and every day. You can pick a lineup. You can look at the matchups, and that's the beauty of daily fantasy is that every day you get to pick a new roster. Mike is a DraftKings guy. I'm a FanDuel guy. Uh, Both of us did pretty well this weekend, and now we are moving into today, Monday the 13th of May, and tomorrow, Tuesday the 14th of May, to give you our DFS picks. Uh, Mike, for me today, so I'm here in New York, as, as are you. It's a rainy, dreary day. Um, it's not a sexy slate. And sometimes I have to take a step back and sit a day out. Sometimes I like to save up a few bucks, sit a day out, and look ahead. Uh, today might be one of those days that I'm sitting out. Um, really quickly, I, I like Cleveland bats if they get the game in. And as far as pitching goes, I like Berrios. If he's too expensive, I like Bieber. But other than that, I may sit the day out and only play like one lineup. What about you for today? As far as a hitter goes, I um, I guess I could use my new favorite phrase here. I guess I kind of hot shot the finish by mentioning Marwin Gonzalez earlier because he was my he was my guy for today at uh, $3,300 against Tyler Skaggs. Seven for 12 career against him. I, I talked about the surface stats. I talked about the peripherals earlier. And Skaggs has been struggling with a 4.7 ERA. So I really like Marlon Gonzalez today. And as far as pitching goes, I like Brad Peacock at $8,500 at Detroit. So Peacock's coming off seven innings, no runs, one, draw, one walk, 12 Ks, three hits against Kansas City last week. And this actually kills me to talk about because I dropped him in uh, NFBC before that start when his ERA was a. I'm sorry, that, that wasn't me. That was our producer. Go ahead. When his ERA was a 5.28, and then he comes back now with uh, this new delivery. He's going full wind-up after pitching out of the yeah. stretch for years, and he went for over $150 in fab this week. So pretty bummed out about that, and he has a two-start week. But the Tigers are 29th in runs, 25th in average overall, and 26th in average against righties. So Peacock, uh, hopefully he wins me some money tonight short-term because now he's not going to win me any money long-term, that's for sure. <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm still a child. I giggle when you say his name. Uh, but the pitching matchup I like today, the game to watch is Peacock versus Boyd. 
I have that circled, actually. I mean, I don't know if uh, Detroit's bats will support Boyd, but Boyd has been at the top of a lot of metrics um, for the last few weeks, and I'm just I'm excited to see that game, not from a I'm going to bet on it, but just from a I like baseball perspective. So that's for today. Tomorrow is where my girlfriend might leave me because I am just going to be watching baseball and throwing all my money at the game. Uh, I like – three different teams. I like Cleveland, I like Houston, I like Kansas City bats and my pitchers. I love Wade Miley. I like Carlos Carrasco. I even like Luke Weaver for tomorrow, but uh, there are two pitching matchups on the docket that excite me. But what do you like for tomorrow, Miguel? Yeah, we'll get to those pitching matchups in a second here. Um, Colton Wong against Mike Fulton average five for seven with four extra base hits and three walks. So he's my hitter pick for Tuesday. And sometimes when you have someone's number, they really just can't do too much about it. I know Wong's cooled down considerably since his hot start, but Fulton Avish has really struggled since he's been back. He has a six-year in three games started. And like you said about the pitching matchups, I love Chris Paddock against the Dodgers, not only because Chris Paddock is a friend of the show, but also because it's a national TV game and it seems like nobody enjoys the spotlight more than Chris Paddock. This will be the first time the Dodgers are seeing him, but certainly won't be the last. And just to make the game that much more interesting, I'll be using Paddock in DraftKings on Tuesday night. Now, uh, another game that I like for tomorrow is Charlie Morton versus Caleb Smith. I think, um, again, if you're a baseball fan, and depending on what you're looking for, uh, as far as if you, I don't think these guys are available to stream in your rest of season leagues, but as far as daily goes, I just think that's a fun game to watch if you're a pitching head. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the guy that's pitching for the Dodgers against Paddock is some dude named Clayton Kershaw? It very well might be the, the best pitching matchup on the slate for the entire week, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. And um, we will be here all week popping in and out and helping you along. Each show will have a different format, a different theme. Mike has been bugging me to talk about wrestling. Uh, I do think that maybe we can do that on our next show unless you have any uh, open forum dialogue that you'd like to include now, Mike. We can talk baseball. We can talk wrestling. We can talk what you did for Mother's Day. We can talk whatever you want. The floor is yours. Oh, man, you did not prepare me for this. If I knew we were going to talk wrestling. I did not prepare you to speak your thoughts. I'm so sorry. If you, if I knew that you wanted to talk wrestling, we could have. I would have wrote down like 20 different questions about wrestling yeah. right now. Uh, no, right. so I don't got much baseball? for you. I don't got much for you on the wrestling side. As uh, Wednesday, God. if you're opening the floor, then uh, then I'll I don't know. I might open the floor like Mr. Burns and drop you down to where to release the hounds. But <laughs> I, I was in a good mood, so I decided um, today in the uh, in the baseball slate. Really, not a lot to get excited about. I don't know if the games here on the East Coast will even get off. It's, it's cold and it's rainy. Uh, Mike, what do you do throughout the day for people that are at work, or whatever? I check my lineups all the time to make sure that guys are in lineups or if a game is postponed. Uh, how often do you check your lineup before you, you lock a lineup in or so? Or are you one of these guys that's obsessive? Yeah, I'm pretty obsessive. I'm checking it all day. Um, for those on Twitter, there's a good follow at Kevin Roth WX. That's R O T H W X. He does. Uh, he's a meteorologist focusing on weather impacts in sports betting and fantasy sports with Roto Grinders. So if you go on his Twitter periodically throughout the day, he'll uh, give you updates from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep on uh, 
the weather impacts in, in fantasy sports. So that's a pretty good follow. I'll check that. I'll check, uh, you can always just type in in the search bar, whatever game you're looking for, Dodgers, Padres, weather, or whatever it is, if you, uh, if you have any questions about the weather. But yeah, I'm in and out checking all day. You don't want to play someone in your lineup that's not going to play. I, um, Daniel Murphy got postponed last week. He wasn't in the lineup anyway, but I got in Mitch Hanniger, who the one day Mitch Hanniger hit all week, he had a home run and a stolen base in the same game. That was the same day Daniel Murphy got postponed. So I would have been kicking myself if I wasn't able to get Hanniger in the lineup that day. So just little things like that will will eventually add up and eventually lead you to success in fantasy. Can I kick you? Negative. Kick me in the jimmy! Um, is there anyone that you have dropped in the last week or so? Is there anyone that you've picked up in any of your leagues? Uh, yeah, like I had a Chirinos in my Yahoo League. So my Yahoo League is daily. So the pickups I made recently were Chirinos. I added uh, David Fletcher, Yuli Gurriel. Gurriel's eligible for second, third. Fletcher, second, third outfield. Fletcher's kind of like a, a, a Jeff McNeil light the way he makes contact. So I really like his profile. Um, I actually did get offered a trade this morning in my Yahoo Ooh, league. And it tell was, me, tell me, tell me. Details, details, details. It was my Chris Paddock and my Tommy no. Pham for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Will Smith. Um, bleh. Uh, that's sexy. What is it? Your Paddock and your whom? My paddock and my fam for paddock and your fam. What's good fam for your for, for Vladdy his body Jr. and Will, Will Smith? Uh, the Vladdy is enticing. I don't want to cut bait on fam just yet, and because Paddock's a friend of the show, I have a, a connection. But also, I think he'll be on an innings limit. Um, do you need saves? Yes, I do. I definitely do. need saves. Are you going to do this trade? No, negative. I'm going to counter. And maybe offer him, uh, maybe offer him a paddock for a Will Smith, and maybe not even Will Smith. Maybe he has Jordan Hicks, he has Sean Doolittle. Ah, so maybe I can get a couple trick. of closers for Paddock, and and really taking advantage and saves here. So we'll see what happens. Yahoo's a little weird because it's only seven innings pitched per week, or it's a minimum of seven innings pitched per week. So if you could really stack your closers, like right now we have. Um, I have Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader, and I mean, if Blake Parker, I have Adam Adovino. So my relief pitching is very good. If I could add a a Hicks and Doolittle to that, I think uh, I'd be in a very good position to get the seven innings I need with hopefully no runs every week. Right. There you go. That's very interesting. But uh, just so you know, I am going to have to uh, forward this episode to Chris and Michael Paddock and let them know that you're thinking of trading him. Uh, That's just the kind of person you are. Uh, It's no reflection of me. It's no reflection of anyone here at the staff at Fantasy Sports. No reflection of our producer, Joe, behind the glass, who's with us each and every week. And, uh, of course, no reflection on Ariel, the intern, who brings Mike his monster energy drinks and brings me my chocolate milk. We appreciate that. Yes, I am a grown man that drinks chocolate milk. I use the term grown man loosely. Speaking of grown men, Michael, um, anything else you want to talk about as far as grown men on the baseball field? No, I think that wraps it up for today. We hit the DFS. We hit the Izzy for real. We hit the around the league news. Um, Follow me at Mike the Rotocop on Twitter. And like I said earlier, follow us at Fantasy BB Hour on Twitter as well. 
guys, please on audio, boom, iTunes, Spotify, if you could just rate the podcast or like it or comment, whatever you got to do just to get some feedback. So we could talk about the things you guys want to hear about. That would be great. Even on Twitter, if you want to tweet us, you could always tweet me, you could always tweet Matt. We're always uh, accessible. So please do that and really hope you guys are enjoying the show. Yeah. And when Mike says rate the show, I want to put a correction there. I want you to berate Mike. I would like the entire column and all the comments to just be people ragging on Mike. Of course Let's you make would. that the sub-identity of this show. You can be like my Mike Babchick on the, on the, what are they, the fantasy sports men. They're going to hate that I don't know this, but I should on <laughs> Mad Dog Sports. But uh, yeah, you can be that guy. I want all the fans and all the listeners to absolutely berate Mike. Uh, I can tell you personal things about him that you can use. Don't do that. But I think that will be the uh, the best part of our show is just reading all the negative comments about Mike the Rotocop until you meet him and he puts an AK-47 in your mouth and then you're very <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us today. We, uh, we hope you will get your DFS lineups in. And again, everyone I'm talking to is winning money, so you also want to be a part of it. You heard Mike tell you about the guys that he's all over and the guys he's not interested in. You heard me as well. So until the next time we speak, we hope you win a lot of money. We say good luck, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you out there.